0: Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. During the pandemic, nursing homes and assisted living communities faced the brunt of COVID's devastation. Now there's a new crisis facing long-term care staffing. Staffing has always been a challenge, but it's gotten worse. About twenty percent of in nursing homes, of jobs in nursing homes in Minnesota remain unfilled. So think about that: twenty percent of jobs in nursing homes in Minnesota remain unfilled. That's about one in every five positions. Nursing assistants have been overwhelmed by extra shifts. Some places have closed entire wings and are turning away older people who need skilled care because they just don't have enough employees. To draw attention to working conditions, about 1,000 workers at 12 nursing homes in Minnesota have planned a one-day strike next Tuesday. That's a week from today. They hope to build support for higher wages and better. Better benefits. This hour, we're talking about what it's like to work in a nursing home and what it's like to run one. And as we have this discussion, I want to hear from you too. Do you work in a nursing home? What is meaningful about the work that you do? What are the biggest challenges? And if you've left a job in long term care, what made you leave? If you have a family member in a nursing home, what difference does having a stable and caring staff make in your loved one's life? The phone lines are open. Here's the numbers. You can call. Call us at 651-227-6000. Again, that's 651-227-6000. Or you can call us at 800 242 2828. Let's bring in our guest. We have Carrie Thurlow with us. Carrie is president and CEO of Leading Age Minnesota. That's a trade association for nonprofit and for profit nursing homes, assisted living facilities, and other senior services. Good morning, Carrie. Nice to meet you. Good morning. Hi. We also have with us Nessa Higgins. Nessa works at a nursing home in Minneapolis, one of the places where workers plan to hold that 24-hour strike next week. Nessa is a member of SEIU Healthcare uh, Minnesota Union, and she has worked for 25 years in senior care in a range of positions she'll tell us about, including as a certified nursing assistant, a trained medication aide, and in culinary jobs. Hi, Nessa Hi, how are you? Hi. You you were just working like a few hours ago, right? You worked till late last night? Yeah, all the way to 1030. Then I was up until four with my grandbaby. And now you're here with us. So thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. So, Carrie, set the stage for us. Describe, just in general, the challenges uh, that nursing homes are facing, uh, particularly when it comes to finding and keeping workers.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me this morning and Mm -hmm. thanks for this conversation you know, Minnesota nursing homes um, are extremely challenged right now. Uh, and um, our problems really peaked during the pandemic. We were on the front lines. We were stressed, and uh, thanks to caregivers like Nessa and the thousands of caregivers who really uh, put their lives on the line for our Minnesota seniors to take care of them. I really do appreciate that.
0: I'm and having we, a flashback. COVID was spreading, and visitors couldn't come in, and people were, a lot of people getting sick. Very sick.
1: Very sick. And our mm-hmm. Minnesota seniors were some of the most vulnerable to those viruses. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, it can't go unmentioned that we really appreciate every single caregiver that really um, stepped up to take care and provide high-quality care, and really stepped up for in the place of families that couldn't come and visit, that really doesn't go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. But during that pandemic, we also saw a rise of a workforce shortage. We saw our shortage, as you mentioned in the opener, Um, we've always had difficulty recruiting and retaining staff in our sector. Um, But that problem really started to grow starting in 2021 and has remained persistent Mm -hmm. so that even today, we have uh, 15 to 20% of vacancies in all positions in nursing homes, which equates to about 17,000 job openings.
0: Wow. And then I know we're going to talk to Nessa more about this, the different types of jobs, because it's not just – nurses, right? You have people performing all types of services. Can you run down some of the job descriptions as I think about, you know, what people who help with medication
1: right? Sure. So people who live in nursing homes need 24-hour care. So it Mm -hmm. requires a lot of different jobs, as you said. CNAs are the backbone of what we do. They are the direct care workers, nursing assistants. Um, But we also employ RNs and LPNs as direct caregivers. Uh, Dietary, housekeeping, laundry for those Mm -hmm. other daily tasks. Maintenance and therapy. Um, There are a wide variety of jobs um, in these settings.
0: Hygiene, right? Making sure people are clean, changing clothes, and keeping the rooms clean as well. Um, and also, just a definition of terms, because uh, I want to make sure everybody has a good understanding of the different type of care uh, that's available. What is the difference, Carrie, between a nursing home and? And an assisted living facility?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think the best way to think about it are nursing homes are sort of the, the cornerstone to the continuum of senior care options for seniors. They, they offer the highest level of care and are regulated uh, by an intricate weave of both federal and state regulations. Assisted living settings provide also very high level residential care, but perhaps maybe a little bit more flexible so that seniors and their families can really um, sort of on an a la carte basis decide what services they need and contract um, in a more maybe home-like or apartment-like setting.
0: Got it. So, Carrie, with staffing levels already being a big issue, not having enough people to do all the work, uh, what is your understanding of the plan for a one-day strike next Tuesday? How how will nursing homes where workers are striking for that one day fill all those shifts when when they're already short-staffed?
1: Yeah. Well, let me first say that it's no surprise that we're hearing from uh, labor that, that wages should increase. And I want to say that, that providers agree. Uh, we've been calling for, uh, wage increases, um, and asking the legislature to fund those wage increases for some time. Um, so, um, we have, have a lot of agreement here today. Um, But as providers prepare for the one-day strike, um, they um, are working and and, uh, looking at their emergency staffing plans. They'll look to temporary staffing agencies if necessary. Administrative staff that have the credentials to work on the floor will come in and work on the floor to ensure that, first and foremost, they're meeting their obligations to provide good quality care for the seniors in their settings for that one day.
0: Because we're talking, in many cases, uh, not all, but many older people with medical needs.
1: Absolutely. These are frail elderly, and we take seriously the responsibility to ensure that, that their needs are met. Um, and so uh, providers have been working. We have uh, are appreciative of the notice that is, is given so that we can plan ahead and are confident that that seniors in our settings will um, continue to receive care during the one-day strike.
0: Mm. I, I share it with, with both of you when we walked in. Um, my personal experience, my grandmother was in a nursing home um, in uh, Virginia for several years, before she passed away. And um, I witnessed, you know, sitting there visiting her, uh, just how uh, how critical of a role all of those uh, nursing assistants and staff members played in, you know, the interactions with her from brushing her hair to, you know, just, you know, physical touch, uh, eye contact, right? Because people aren't visiting all the time. I mean, they're very much like the staff members are like family to these to these uh, people who are living there.
1: Yeah, that's right. My grandmother also received care in a nursing home. And, you know, when I walk into a nursing home all over the state, the first descriptor I would say is it's pure love. Mm. Caregivers provide honorable work. It is work that deserves a living wage. And we are so grateful for each and every caregiver that is out there providing care. It's hard work. Um, It's physical work. And, um, um, I think that oftentimes that goes um, unnoticed or unrecognized, and it's something that I think we can all work together to do better at, at honoring and, and, and supporting and uplifting that profession.
0: We're going to talk about wages in detail in a moment. Vanessa, I want to bring you in the conversation. Uh, you have worked uh, in senior care, I mean, specifically with, with, with elderly folks for about 20, 25 years, uh, and I'm sure there are so many families uh, grateful to you. Tell us about the kinds of jobs you have had over the years and the different duties that you have performed?
2: Well, I've worked in the healthcare field for 25 yeah. years. Um, I originally got into this because my grandmother fell sick. Mm-hmm. Then my grandfather fell sick. So I'm from Mississippi where we tend to keep our relatives at home. Mm-hmm. But then we migrated up here to where I seen a dip- different atmosphere. So coming into a nursing home setting was no other different than being at home because they became my family away from my family. You know, my father was also, I took care of my father for the last 15 years of his life. Um, He he had a stroke, Mm -hmm. and I had to go get him from Illinois. He lived with me for 15 years. For the last five years, he went into heart failure. From there, I was going to work. Taking care of my family there, coming from there, taking care of my family at home. It was a 24-hour job. It never stops. And this is a special
0: gift. Not everyone has the patience or the ability to do this kind of work.
2: No, you have to be, you have to love people, love life to come in and give your all to someone else who can't do for themselves. So I said
0: in the introduction uh, that you have worked as a medication aide, you've worked in food service. Again, tell me some of the duties that you have performed in jobs that you've had over the years.
2: Well, as a nursing assistant, you have to care for them and do all of their ADLs. You have to be their friend, you have to be their sister, anything that they need for you to be at that time. That's what you have to be. Bathe them, clothe them, feed them. Everything that's involved, as if you're taking care of a baby, your own baby, this is your own personal baby, and you have to make sure that this is done before you leave.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the the residents that you
0: have known over the years, they they expect you know, some consistency, right? Like they
2: get to know you and it's disruptive when a, a new person comes through. Oh yes. It gets real disruptive because the new person don't even know them. They don't know their like and their dis- dislikes. They know nothing. And they're in their space and they're maybe touching and they're them. They're in their space. You're in, you're in their
0: home. This is their home. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned you were working until 1030 last night. Where do you work now? And, and what do you do? Tell us more a little bit about the work. Um,
2: the I work home. at the estates of um, Chateau mm-hmm. and I work as a CNA. I work as a cook, a dietary aide, a TMA. I'm all over the building. What's a TMA? Train medication aid, where you make sure the residents get their medications.
0: So um, you'd be like, Miss Davis, you're supposed to have this, this, and this at such a time. And so you make sure the medication stays on schedule in the right doses. Yes. Right? And so
2: a typical day for you uh, is, is what? Is it different every day, depending on maybe the temperament of the residents you're working depending with? Depending on the temperament of the residents when you work you know if it's one of your regular residents they like oh hi i need this (laughs) i need that hey i'm so glad you're here today Mm -hmm. oh i had this person the other day they knew nothing oh i'm so glad you're here Mm -hmm. so it's like these are your parents and you're gonna take care of them the way you take care of your parents so you've described what you enjoy about your work, like that you seem like a natural for this, that it it feeds your soul. But what are the biggest challenges for you? The biggest challenges are um, short-staffed. We're very short-staffed. This field is dying out so quick because we're so underpaid. Um, me personally, I have I work every day almost, and I have no health care. I can't afford the health care. I can't afford for them to slash this much out of my check because guess what everything has went up I don't have a retirement plan I can't afford it
0: I'm visualizing this cuz you're taking care of people but you you don't have the financial means to take care of yourself
2: I don't have the financial means to take care of myself Your um
0: facility that you work at um we you know we mentioned that it's one of the the 12 nursing homes uh planning that one day strike a week from today um, so, the union leaders tell us about a thousand workers will be participating. Um, you're represented by SEIU Healthcare, Minnesota yes. and Iowa. What are you hoping to bring attention to with the strike?
2: Um, we're just hoping to bring attention to the system that is broken, being underpaid, no retirement benefits, no healthcare benefits. And we, along with the Minnesota Standard Board, is excited to push this and pass this $25 affordable health care and retirement. We know our companies can do it, but they won't do it. They can, but they won't. If you're a nursing assistant, and you come to work every day and you work hard. And you sometimes you have to choose between your home family and your work family. Nine times out of ten, your work family is going to win. Your home life is going to go on the back burner because you have to go to work. But we find that the people, the the, the high-ranking members, they get these. See, they get these bonuses at the end of the year. Every year they get these huge bonuses. And in your mind, it should trickle down, but it never trickles down, ever.
0: So, Nessa, in my notes I have that um, almost half of nursing home workers make less than $20 an hour. Um, and well, the starting wage is, uh, you know, is around $21 an hour, or that is what you guys are hoping to get it to?
2: We're hoping to get it to $25 an hour. Um bef during the pandemic, there are me and several other coworkers that showed up every day, every day because we knew if we didn't, who was coming? So many people that was in the field quit mm-hmm. because they was afraid of COVID. So me and several other co-workers, Shay, Moses, Peter, Veronica, I can, Shanaz, I can name so many that showed up every day for our residents. Why? Because we care. Because this is our family. We have some of these people who've been here, been in this one particular building like 23 years. This is our home. And so what is your understanding
0: of the plan for next Tuesday during the one-day strike uh, where you work? What is management saying about how they plan to cover uh the shifts? And, and
2: oh, they have everybody from corporate coming in, which we never see anyone from corporate. But they have everybody from corporate coming in. They have um, nursing pools. They have their own in-house nursing pool. So they're making... an hour, they can bring them in compared to someone who's been there five years and they're making $17, $16 an hour. So
0: temporary nurses that they're hiring just to cover the the shifts.
2: Nurses A, like they have a Mm -hmm. CNA nursing pool. Mm -hmm. So they can call upon them and pay them more double than what they're paying us. So, Nessa, people around the state
0: are listening, um, and we'll continue to talk. But what do you want people just to understand? or uh, Because obviously it does not bring you any joy to, like, not go to work next Tuesday.
2: Well, we, not I, but we want people to understand that we love what we do. And this is a loving and caring job. You can get so many different rewards out of it, but it's also stressful, And it puts you under an emotional strain when you have to go to work, be under all this stress, and when you walk away, you walk away. Sometimes you walk away feeling rewarding. Sometimes you walk away feeling empty and depleted because you're underpaid. You have no health care. You have no retirement benefits. So that's just it. You're coming here and giving your all and you're walking away with this empty feeling like you're not appreciated.
0: Um, thank you, Nessa for describing, um, you know, the, the work very well. I think for, for many people would, would describe what you have described uh your love for the job and also how hard it is and um, the financial stress. Carrie, what, what can you say uh, about the, the wages, uh, that this is really a big part of this uh, for such a difficult job, that a job that most people cannot do, that we're looking at salaries um, of, of less than $20 per hour in so many cases for nursing assistants?
1: Yeah. Well, and again, I, I think Nessa set the stage really well for the incredibly difficult work that that's being done. Uh, we believe that wages should go up also. But what I think the, the public really needs to understand is that wages can only go up when our state lawmakers act to increase reimbursement rates for for nursing homes. Um, nursing homes are unlike any other business um, in Minnesota because state lawmakers set the price for Medicaid recipients as well as for private-paying residents. Nursing homes can't just adjust prices on their own or can't adjust uh, revenue to cover uh, wages. Um, in addition, there's a complicated reimbursement system of categories for spending, so it's not as though nursing homes can increase wages without without action by the legislature. And last year, while the legislature did provide a a historic level of funding of $300 million of funding to nursing homes. We are tremendously grateful. It was all one-time money and was actually restricted from going to permanent wage increases. It was actually only allowed to go to bonuses um, because the state lawmakers were concerned about uh, future impacts on budgets. So we actually agree that wages should go up. We advocated last year and have for the last several years for bills that would increase wages, um, funding that would go directly to wages. We have that legislation again this year at the legislature to increase wages um, for caregivers. So um, we are looking to the legislature to act and to increase that funding to ensure that the caregivers like Nessa and everyone else can get the family-sustaining wages they deserve.
0: Anessa, may I ask you, how much do you make an hour right now?
1: I make twenty one fifty an hour.
2: With tw- 25 years of experience. With 25 years of experience. And can I just say, a couple of days ago, I just realized mm-hmm. that I was making $18 an hour. And I had to go through so many different levels to get it bumped up to $21.50 an hour. And it wasn't they didn't want to give it. We went to after the pandemic, me and two of my other coworkers, Moses and George, went to the bargaining table and we got $3. And that bumped me up to where I'm at now. But we just went back to the bargaining table and we the increase we asked for, they offered us 20 cents. 20 cents more. 20 cent more for everything that we do. If this was my mother and, if, and, and when my father was there, I wanted him to have the best care possible. And what way to have the best care possible than to give your workers a raise and have your, have your normal workers that are there don't have the residents confused and not knowing what's going to happen from day to day because they don't know who the aides are. And again, my understanding. Um, so the
0: the union uh, believes higher wages, uh, a, a twenty five dollar per hour minimum wage for nursing home workers would really help attract more people and would address uh, the the care shortage, the number of, of of vacant positions as well. Is that right? Yes,
2: we wouldn't have to work right. two and three jobs. We some oh aides work oh my two and three jobs to make uh, ends meet for just one family. So when are they living? When are they?
0: They living in their jobs. All right, let's bring our our listeners into the conversation as we talk about, um, you know, what is happening uh, with the nursing home industry, with nursing assistants, people who work in nursing homes. We know that one day from today, uh, next Tuesday, uh, about a thousand workers in nursing homes across twelve nursing homes in the Twin Cities, uh, they'll have a one day strike, trying to draw attention to the staffing crisis there, to the wages. Um, And uh, we're talking to someone who works inside of a nursing home, who has worked in a nursing home for many years, twenty five years, and uh, also we're talking uh, with Carrie Thurlow, who's the President and CEO of Leading Age Minnesota, which is a trade association for nursing homes, um, and uh, Nessa Higgins, uh, who works again in a nursing home in Minneapolis. but want to hear from our listeners too. Um, and And the question I just want to know, like how do you connect uh, to this topic? Uh, do you work in a nursing home? Uh, what is meaningful about your work? What are the biggest challenges? Do you have a family member in a nursing home? And what have you seen um, with the staff that works there, and what difference does it make having a stable and caring staff? Uh, in your loved one's life. You can call us at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. Uh, let's bring in a listener in Minneapolis. Deborah's on the phone. Deborah, thank you for listening. Thank you for calling in. What did you want to tell us? I want to
3: say that um, I'm 66 years old and I worked as a CNA and a TMA back in the day 30 years ago mm-hmm. and it still has not changed. I started off with $8 an hour. I have worked like. Ten years, five years ago and it ended like uh, f- uh, $16 an hour and working short and working with people at night and working with the nurse at night to, to make sure that people are, are changed and stuff like this. This is the old game that they've been going on and the and, uh, politicians should be ashamed of themselves not to pass a $25 minimum for CNAs right now. When I, when it, this is crucial. That people do this. And when they go out on strike, it's a good thing that they, maybe they'll get some attention of these corporations that keep on saying that they can't pay money and stuff when they damn well know that they could. If PCAs in this time, we had to fight 14 years to get $19 an hour, then we only work with one person, and the CNAs work with several people, 16 people sometimes, working a 16 hour job. A day, being tired and going to another job working and, work, and the workload that is on your body. Right now, I have a bad back from lifting people, doing changes by myself.
0: So this is uh, it's very disheartening, and it's, it's hard to hear that, uh, that not much has changed, Deborah. No, it hasn't.
3: If it hasn't changed by now, and it's been 30 years ago, I'm talking about what's wrong. Something's wrong with this system the
0: training. All right. That's Deborah in Minneapolis. Deborah, thank you for calling in and thank you for your many years of work. Uh, Carrie, uh, a statistic that you, your trade association has shared. Uh, you're at uh, leading edge, leading age Minnesota. Excuse me. You're the CEO there. Uh, your organization has st- shared this number that Minnesota has lost 3000 beds in long-term care since the beginning of 2020. Um, and so the, the, the loss of beds, like what, Tell us more about why that would happen.
1: Sure. Well, nursing homes are financially distressed. Um, Lawmakers have not sufficiently funded nursing homes for years. And that's exactly what I heard in the caller and and what we're hearing from from workers today. So that nursing homes can't hang on anymore. You know, just since the pandemic, we, we lose beds two ways. Nursing homes outright close. And since the pandemic, uh, 26 nursing homes have outright closed. Um, But other nursing homes downsize. um, That's across the state. Across the state. Um, And we are seeing more and more of that. Nursing homes spent down their reserves and any savings that they had to try to keep the staff that they could during the pandemic. And again, while we were tremendously grateful for the one-time money, provided in the legislature last year, we missed an opportunity to provide permanent funding to really um, shore up and support this caregiving workforce and, and to really um, ensure that caregivers are given livable wages. The other thing I heard in the caller was that um, caregivers in our sector should be paid the same as other healthcare sectors. Four and five Minnesotans agree, but wages, whether they're RNs, um, LPNs, CNAs, or others in long-term care, make uh woefully less than our friends in other parts of the healthcare system like the hospital and that needs to be a f- be fixed by the legislature this year
0: let's talk with uh, another listener in minneapolis this is stacy on the phone hi stacy thank you for calling in what did you want to tell us
4: hi, hi good morning hi. um so my mom has been in a care facility for it'll be 4 years this may And so she entered kind of during the height of the pandemic. So Mm. her first night there, I actually like didn't get to move her in or see her. We did window visits. Um, And so I've Mm. definitely seen the post pandemic staffing turnover and just care challenges. And she has had a stroke and has some pretty severe aphasia. So she's Mm. um, not elderly in the sense that she's older or more frail. She's in her sixties, but definitely a vulnerable adult. And, you know, I was, chatting with um with your staff that screen the call. And you know, it's everything from, you know, those direct personal cares that Nessa has been working really, really hard at for over twenty five years with, you know, she gets her hair washed like once every other week and gets bathed once a week because they just don't have staffing support to help with those things. or like technically, the facility is supposed to do her laundry for her. But I often have to go pick it up because she runs out of clothes before they can get everything washed and, and completed. And I think that outside of, you know, just the daily personal cares, you know, I think I've worked with four different social workers in the time that I've been there. Mm-hmm. There's been four different nursing directors, you know, other staff turnover, even like, you know, I think in all all areas of, of that care facility. And I'm super grateful for the work that Nessa is doing and for all of the staff that show up. But I think it is really difficult to kind of build that sense of community and not just, you know, from a patient care safety perspective, but also just, you know, having a a good quality of life and and building a sense of community in those care facilities Mm -hmm. when, you know, there's so much in terms of turnover with with the staffing.
0: Mm. Stacey, thank you for for calling in and I, I hope your mom is doing well. Thank you. Um, Nessa, have you seen a lot of of workers leave? Have you gotten to know people and seen your coworkers leave and and take other jobs that simply pay more money?
2: Yeah, all the time.
0: And where where do they go? What kind? What can you tell us about about their stories?
2: Um, they either go to the hospital or the nursing pool.
0: Mm-hmm. And and it's because of more money or why? It's
2: because of more money. Mm-hmm. Like um, the grant. Um, the okay. one-time money mm-hmm. um, she was talking about. Um, they made it to where they were paying them like 20, 25 to $27 an hour for three months, and then you get a $5,000 retaining bonus. Well, that was to draw people in. Mm-hmm. Yes, they draw them in, but guess what happened? After they had to go back down to the regular pay that was under us, mm-hmm. they left. Mm-hmm. They went chasing the American dream, doing the same thing. they went where the money was so what 's the impact on you
0: when you know you come to work well so and so quit or this person 's gone Does that then mean you have more work or you do double you 're asked to do double shifts what 's the impact on the people left behind when, when that folks means
2: sleep? I will have more work i 'm asked to do double shifts until they hire somebody else, and maybe they and maybe the person that they hire is gonna only last like maybe two weeks because of the pay right they like when they get their first paycheck, they' like, "Wait a minute, no, I think I'm gonna go back over here right. to where they're giving me the most money
0: Mhm and it takes time to train people It takes time in. to
2: train people. it takes time for the residents to get to know people right
0: right and Carrie, you see that 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 constant turnover that's something you hear about too that the retaining staff
1: absolutely. You know, the cycle of sort of one-time money that the legislature has been providing, quite frankly, during the pandemic and even last year, it doesn't incentivize retention. These are people's moms we're talking about. I mean, the caller we just talked about, our moms, Mm -hmm. every single senior deserves to have access to high quality care and to live with dignity, and that requ- that requires us to work together to make sure that we are providing sustainable, permanent funding to support wages that that can actually be budgeted for. Um, you know, it's no secret that we're all getting older. Uh, we now are home to more than one million seniors here in Minnesota, and this is our future. Um, The legislature has an opportunity to act to fully fund wages so that we can prevent this cycle of temporary staffing and turnover, et cetera, if we all work together to really ask the legislature to fund this commitment to seniors.
0: All right. Let's take uh, another phone call. And and I mentioned uh, we have uh, someone who works uh, at a nursing home in Mankato. This is Hannah that's on the phone. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. Hi, and, and I understand that you're a, a certified nursing assistant uh, in the long-term care unit at Ecumen Pathstone there in Mankato. Is that correct? That is correct. I also am just recently became a TMA, so now I do as well passing medications. Okay, wonderful. So, um, Hannah, thank you for your work. Uh, describe a typical day for you. Like, how does your day start? What are you doing during your shift?
5: Sure. Um I usually so I do have another job as well. I work at an insurance company full time. Um so I usually work in the evenings, so I come in and I get residents ready for dinner. I get them up, um changed if they need to be groomed. I'd bring them to dinner and then I would bring them back. We would do their ADLs which their activities of daily living. Um get to get them ready for bed, go for walks and just kind of almost hang out and chat with them for a little while mm-hmm. as I'm sure it's been touched on. They're very lonely. Um, so some people really like to talk. So we just kind of talk, and if we have downtime, hope. Um, and then we just get them ready for bed. So anything that you would do to get yourself ready for bed, we would then help them, breathing, changing, everything.
0: And what would you describe uh, as sort of the most challenging parts of your job? Because it sounds like you enjoy it.
5: Oh, yes. I was a CNA back when I was in college, Mm -hmm. um, and I just restarted about a year and a half ago or so, and my facility is amazing. Um, The most challenging, I would definitely agree, which is the short staffing, the people that come in and realize how difficult this is, and then find something else or find something easier, that pays the same amount, which is not difficult to find. It's nice we have a little bit of flexibility, um, which is super nice, but really it's the retention is the biggest challenge um, and the challenge of just the work on your body and also seeing these um, residents sometimes so concerned as well about like the cycle of staff that comes in and goes out. And and I hear the same thing quite often. So-and-so is here and I, don't feel like i was taken care of very well i'm happy to see you um or so and so was here and i got taken care of did get taken care of and i really like that but where did this person go so i would Mm. say those would really be the biggest challenges
0: and what can you tell me about your 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 pay hannah uh what do certified nursing assistants make uh there at, at ecumen pathstone in mankato
5: yeah so it Certified nursing assistants here, we do start out, I believe, at nineteen fifty an hour, and then
0: we Nine, do get... You said nineteen fifty
5: dollars
0: yes. An hour. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm sorry, go on. and then mm-hmm. it goes up to what?
5: Um, and then it can vary. So if you are part of a float pool, we have multiple different nursing facilities in Mankito. So I've seen people make up to $27 an hour, but you're going to be part of a float pool or you're part of... There's those agencies like, for example, Grape Tree. Um, they make, can make... A lot more, but then the facility has to pay those agency caregivers to come in, and that's also very expensive. But they do make more than those who are regularly scheduled, regularly there.
0: And so, Carrie, you—I understand you're on a committee um, that is working to help recruit and retain uh, nursing home workers. What ideas or solutions do you have? What, what do you see as an opportunity?
5: Um, I would really see high school students or students going into college as an option. Give high school, school high school, school students, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, an option to get some college credit or to give them that experience. I know a school here in Mankato has like eight or nine students that are going through the CNA program. I've heard about so that and reimbursement for the schooling that's needed mm-hmm. is my facility is amazing and does reimburse and does give that option. Um, But that's kind of a hurdle is the classes are very expensive sometimes to get certified. And if it is an option to be reimbursed for that, that would bring in some more people. Um, But also retention, of course, is the pay. It is very backbreaking work. It's not an easy job. It's mentally taxing. Even if it's an easy day, um, physically, mentally, it's still really saddening to go in and see these people kind of alone or hear them talk about how lonely they
0: are you described it back breaking work that's mentally challenging and then you've also said it starts you know the pay can start at $19 an hour so Carrie um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry um, you're Hannah you're working two jobs you ha- you're working at a, uh, an insurance and you're doing the certified nursing assistant job at night what's your plan I mean, your c- career goals are you going to pursue one or the other or what are you thinking about the future
5: Yeah, I actually have. um, I've almost completed my master in business degree. So my kind of career goal is kind of pivoted a little bit. I really enjoy working in my insurance company that I do work at. And so I definitely will stay there. Um, I started this up again, just to get something else, get kind of more physical. And I miss working with people and I'm very I like to be very caring to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I work two jobs. Part of it is for fun. Part of it, you know, to make a little bit more. Um, But honestly, I am really considering going back for nursing and being able to incorporate that in both into my insurance position, but also be able to be a nurse and be able to help out where there's definitely a major shortage.
0: All right. Well, Hannah, thank you for for your time. Uh we've been talking to Hannah there, a certified nursing assistant uh in the long-term care unit at Ecumen Pathstone in Mankato. Thank you, Hannah. Uh Cara, as we talk about wages, this this money. Mm, um what can um what can your organization do, uh, your members do to to help to to raise these wages even if the state legislature doesn't act? Um because we know some nursing homes are very profitable. There there has to be some some flexibility uh to raise wages and maybe get some reimbursement, right?
1: You know, the story, though, just just to be really clear, nursing homes in Minnesota are not profitable. Most are making negative operating margins and have been doing so since the pandemic. Um, The reality is our reimbursement system is broken. In order for an individual setting to raise wages, they have to first uh, spend the money and then get reimbursed. And it is a two-year delay. Um so essentially providers are floating the state uh two year uh, uh, funding for two years before they get paid back. Um since the pandemic, most nursing homes have depleted their reserves. Many stepped up and provided wage increases through reserves, um not always the best business practice, but something that they felt was right to do because they wanted to support the caregivers. But the reality is those reserves are depleted. Uh, the reality is that there isn't extra cash on hand. And so unless the legislature steps in with a widespread sector-wide investment, it is going to uh, be very difficult to raise wages to the level that caregivers deserve, which is why we've introduced the legislation this year that would provide a um, an average of a $5 an hour increase to caregivers this year.
0: Nessa, tell me about your personal life. H- have you struggled to pay bills?
2: Yes. Yes. With what I make, even at twenty I'm struggling to pay bills because, guess, everything's went up. Mm-hmm. And I'm still making the same thing I was making when it was at a lower price. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, why not? Who should be getting a big bonus at the end of the year for doing nothing, for just pushing pen and paper or coming up with some ideas that you even neglected to run by the workers to see if this is going to work? No, put the money to the to the workers.
0: Let's take another phone call from a listener as we talk about um, the nursing homes and and the staffing uh, crisis that they are facing and a one-day strike that is happening one week from today at 12 different nursing homes across the Twin Cities, about 1,000 workers involved in that one-day strike. In Alexandria, Kylie is on the line. Good morning, Kylie. What do you want to tell us as we talk about nursing homes?
6: Good morning. Um, I just wanted to kind of touch base on some of the things you guys have been talking about this morning. Um, I've worked in healthcare for about eleven and a half years as a CNA, a TMA, a restorative aide. Um, and I worked through COVID and we lost so many workers for multiple reasons. Afraid to get sick, the burnout, um, we had to shut down a whole wing on our nursing home because there just wasn't enough staff to care for that wing and had to move people around. Um, a big part of I feel like us not being able to retain staff is pay, but also the pay plays into the work we do. So you are stretched so thin It is a job that is mentally taxing, physically taxing, and emotionally taxing. And I think a lot of people don't stay in these positions because it's like, it's so stressful. Why would I continue to do that when I could work another job and get paid the same, if not more, Mm -hmm. and have way less stress? And and... They're not getting compensated for the work they're doing.
0: And Kylie, what are your thoughts about, um, you know, the one-day strike? It, it's nursing homes here primarily in the Twin Cities metro area. Uh, but do you think that that's going to have an impact, that it, it will bring attention to, you know, the work conditions and the pay?
6: I I think it very much will be an eye-opener um, and maybe uh, get the attention of our legislator. Um, because, We have a big influx in needed care for our growing senior population. And if we do not get people recruited and retained, we're going to have a really big problem on our hands. Mm -hmm. We already do. It's already starting. Mm -hmm. So where do we go from here?
0: Thank you, Kylie there and Alexandria. Thank you uh, for the work that you do. Uh, Another phone call in uh, St. Louis Park. Uh, Galen is on the phone. Good morning, Galen. Thank you for waiting and for listening. What do you want to tell us as we talk about uh, the staffing crisis in nursing homes?
7: Yes. Thanks for taking my call. I'll try to keep Uh it short. I agree with everything I've heard. My experience comes, I'm 59. My experience comes when I was 42 and I worked at Walker. I worked in the kitchen for nine months and then I was uh, promoted to hospitality coordinator. Nine months in the kitchen was horrific Everyone was disgruntled. They were just about to get into a union. However, there were people coming in when people, cooks coming in when people called in sick on Christmas. And this one woman said, well, people have to eat. Therefore, I want to say that people, you know, do care that the people who aren't recognized, such as the kitchen, period. The other thing I wanted to say, once I was, uh, given this so-called well, this promotion, which wasn't much either at the time, it was like eight twenty-five, and I would get things ready for board meetings and muffins and cart them up and this and that. And I just found like first there was all this chatting, then they would go into the board room or what have you, you know, eat some muffins, whatever. I had to throw everything out. And I just think there was a big, then, uh, shoot, for lack of better words, uh, space, I can't, I'm sorry, there was just a big separate from the hierarchies. You're talking about a a
0: disconnect between management and and the workers, like nursing assistants. And therefore, Mm -hmm.
7: thank you very much. Okay. And therefore, before I hang up, that... Kitchen people would see this, and they just wouldn't care
0: anymore. All right. So, thank you, Galen, and and so Ness, I want to ask you about this. The um, the, you know, there are many people who have you know concerns about the quality of care because I I think you seem to demonstrate that you are an exceptional worker, but not all uh, nursing assistants are as caring or care or or perform at the level that you seem to be performing at. And is that Due in part to the low pay, do you think that some people are are just don't care about the work as much, or because they just don't have the incentive to do a great job because they they feel they're so paid so poorly?
2: Yeah, and uh, that, and you'll know right off the back within the first two weeks if somebody's just there for a paycheck right. because they won't return. But it's a staffing crisis, so you got to hire who who will take you the got to hire who's going to fill out the application and come in there. And you take who you can take. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, this is a very stressful and draining job when you have to go home with you. Like she said, it's back-breaking work. You go home with your feet burning, your back burning, your brain is just dismantled. And like, oh. okay, you like,
0: you got to go back tomorrow.
2: got to get in here and take a shower because I got to go back in the morning.
0: And and then Carrie, in our last minute here, um, there's an opportunity. People listening, maybe who are not connected to this and and learning more about it, uh, what can you just members of the public do? Like, what do we do if we want to see a change?
1: Well, I would say um, this has been a great conversation. I think we have a lot in common. As you've heard, there's there's agreement between providers and caregivers about increasing wages. Everybody needs to call their legislature and say, increase the funding, permanent funding, to support permanent wage increases. The Nursing Home Workforce Standards Board provides really good conversation. They have no funding authority. Mm -hmm. And so our concern is that they'll raise a mandate without funding. We need the legislature to act this year um, to ensure that caregivers all over the state can get the wages they deserve.
0: Our time is up for this hour. Nessa, can you say it in
2: 20 seconds?
1: I just want to say, if
2: you, you can recruit and retain more workers with higher wages, all right.
0: Higher wages. All right. Thank you. We've been talking with Nessa Higgins, who works at a nursing home in Minneapolis, uh, one of the homes that's taking part in that one day strike happening one week from today. A thousand workers uh, across Twin Cities nursing homes uh, bringing attention to the wages and the working conditions inside those facilities. Also, talking with Carrie Thurlow, the president and CEO of Leading Age Minnesota, which is a trade association for nonprofit and for profit nursing homes. Thank you for your time. Thank you for. For our listeners as well. Uh, this conversation was produced by Maya Beckstrom. We'll talk again tomorrow morning, everybody. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9am.